Do you like the show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Programs and welcome to episode 200 of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Uh, how does it feel? How does it feel to finally be here at 200, 200 episodes of the show? To be perfectly honest, in a way it feels like yesterday that you asked me to start doing the show. <laughs> no kidding. It has flown by. Like it's crazy to think that we've been doing this show for now, like four years and change. Mm-hmm. It's it's nuts because I can almost remember exactly, like where I was and the time of day when you texted me and you're like, "Hey, so I had this idea. <laughs> what would you think about doing a podcast about retro gaming?" And instantly I was like, "Yes." And then I think like a month later we started doing it. Yeah, and the thing was, is it was only supposed to be a seasonal podcast. We were only going to do like mm-hmm. six episodes in the winter, six episodes in the summer, and we just loved doing it so much. And next thing you know, here it is four years later, and we're at episode 200. It's crazy. If it, dude, does it, it just me? Does it feel like we just did episode 100, like two months ago? Mm-hmm. No, it really does, and that was what... <laughs> When did episode 100 air? That was late 2018 sometime, I think. I think you're right. I'll look it up real quick to confirm, but I think you're right. Nuts. But it, um, it's crazy also because I remember when we initially started the show, we both did reviews. So like the first four or five episodes, like you would review an NES game, I would review a Super Nintendo game. And then when we decided that we were going to continue to do it, you're like, okay, well, one week I'll review a game, the next week you review a game, and that's kind of how we came up with the formula that we use now. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was playing some Chrono don't, Trigger don't music. Get, don't give away <laughs> what we're reviewing just yet. <laughs> sorry about that. My bad. <laughs> so episode 100 aired September 12th, 2018. September t- Whoa. Whoa, it's almost, what, we're a year, uh, two years and, what, two months? Almost two mm-hmm. months? Whoa. Yeah, a lot has <laughs> changed in that time. Yes, it has. And it, it's nuts, Whoa. too, because I've gone back and I've looked at other, <laughs> um, like, watched the video versions of some of our older shows. Like, you're at your old house. My setup is completely different yeah. than how it is now. So no, a, a lot, a lot has changed since that time, and it, it's interesting because, you know, I think even back to when I started doing my show, and when you were doing the pop culture palette, and I was doing the Nerd Cave show, like that's almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking, possibly uh, because I don't know uh, if we told everybody. 
Next week, Derek is at, well, actually, I'm out of town next week, so we're going to be recording next week's episode this Sunday at 11 uh, 11 a.m. on Twitch. So if you want to watch next week's episodes a little early, you can join us on Twitch. And then the week after, um, you're out of town. So what I was thinking was maybe I need to find out what was the very first episode that we did together for Pop Culture Palette and put that out as an episode Sort of a throwback oh, that'd be episode. Cool. It was the Nerd Cave Pop Culture Palette crossover, but I don't remember which episode it was. I want to say we did it for Pensacon. I think so. Or maybe leading up to Pensacon, because I think it was you and Wally and me and Zach. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been the four of us that did it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and try to find that episode. I have it. I just don't. All my episodes are just numbered. They're not like labeled or anything so i'm gonna have to go back and listen to around that that era of time and look up when those were uploaded what would be cool too if we decide to take like a week or two off during christmas we should put out the this it was episode three of the Derek diamond experience <laughs> our very first podcast together yeah we could do that <laughs> I, Oh, man. I've gone back and listened to some of those very first episodes that me and Wally did together back in the Broke Nerdcast days. Oh, my God. They sound terrible. <laughs> I've gone back and I've listened to the first episode of my show, and I'm like, God, I sucked back then. <laughs> if this were network television, I would have been pulled off the air immediately. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I, was, <laughs> I was so bad at interviewing. Thank God I've gotten a little bit better since then. Well, I think this this show definitely has helped both of us, I think. Oh, for sure. I mean, 200 episodes is nothing to sneeze at. I I, I did not have any idea we were going to go this long for this show. I, I've never had a podcast go past like 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. But here we yeah, are. Yeah, we made it to, for Nerd Cave, we made it to 250. That's a lot of episodes. So not... Not not too much farther, but I honestly, this is a show that I hope goes to 400 to Easy. 600 and beyond. <laughs> like I, I was going to save this for the end of the show, but I'll go ahead and say it like doing this show has been a true highlight because, you know, I can remember back when we did those crossover episodes and I don't want to entirely speak for you when I say this, but <laughs> like of the dynamic between everybody as far as like the crossover aspect. Mm hmm. I always felt like you and I had like good chemistry. Oh yeah. And I remember I remember thinking that after we did the first crossover <laughs> episode. And then, you know, I think we exchanged numbers and we just kept in touch. Yeah. Since then and now here we are doing our own show together. Well when I you know, when I first thought about doing this show, because <clears throat> I had wanted been wanting to do a retro game show for a while and I was like once after I met you, I was like, there's nobody else I could do the show with other than Derek because you were as big of a like a Super Nintendo fan as I was uh, a Nintendo fan. So I was like, and that's perfect. Like, I'll do the Nintendo stuff. You do the Super Nintendo stuff. We won't overwhelm ourselves. We'll do six episodes <laughs> a season and, you know, we'll, we'll just do it that way. And nah, here we are four years later, still kicking 200 episodes. Well, and I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, we're full of ourselves, but I think one of the reasons why the show works as well as it does is because you and I are friends outside oh, yeah. of it. Like we're not just 
you know, we don't just do this show and then not speak to each other until we do the next week's episode. Yeah. And we have just that enough of, I think, a, a gap as far as when we grew up and what games we were interested in because we're at the time frame now of where people my age love going back and reflecting on the Super Nintendo era. Oh, yeah. Or the N64 <clears throat> era. And it's been like that with the NES for, for a long time. So I think the show hits two generations of gamers. Yeah. And, and I think that's one reason why it works so well. And that's the cool thing about it, you know? Like, I I, I grew up in the era of Atari and Nintendo, and I never really gave up the love for gaming, um, for the, with the exception of, I'd say, the, the mid to late 90s, where I didn't even own a console. I mean, I still had my Super Nintendo and stuff, but... Um, I wasn't even PC gaming at that point. I was going to college. I was playing music on the weekends. I was working a job. And I didn't have time to, to, to game. And once I kind of got back into it in around 99, when I, I finally got the Nintendo 64, I haven't stopped since then. You know, I always find time to game. But I don't know. It just feels like these these last few years doing this show has really made me love that era of gaming even more because it gives me a reason to go back and play these games. You know, and I love talking about them with you because you have just as much a passion about them as, as I do. And that was the one thing that we kind of clicked on when we first met is not only the, the, you know, the, the gaming, but you know, the movies, making movies, writing, um, the love of just nerd culture <laughs> in general and we just click so well. It's like that's I, I mean this episode this this podcast is gonna go until I'm dead or until <laughs> you know one of us just gets sick of doing it. We're we're like both laying in the nursing home going I can't do the show this week. <laughs> that sounds like a hilarious visual. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna look like Bill and Ted at the end of. Uh, uh, face the music, <laughs> the two yeah. old men in the room. <laughs> if we make it to episode 1000, that's going to be like a, a, a monumental oh, occasion. Yeah. That That's not unfeasible. I mean, that's only what, like it took us four years to get to 200. So four, eight, 12, 16, 20 years. So I'll still be, you know, 20 years from now, I'll still be in my early 60s. So I'll still be, I'll still be gaming. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. if I have my wits about me. Yeah. So 20 years, I'll be in, I'll be in my mid 50s. Yeah. So, so no, I, it's, it's definitely feasible. Oh, yeah. I could see this, this show going forever. Yeah. But no, it, it's something that, you know, I honestly look forward to every week. And I, I, I love I, I love doing the two podcasts that I do because I get two different things out of them. You know, like I, I mm. I've always had that love for those old video games like the Super Nintendo and the N sixty four because of the memories that I associate with them. Yeah. It's, you know, just spending so <clears throat> much time playing them, playing with friends. And in a way I get to relive those memories as well as play the games that I missed out on because there were so many great games from the 90s and early 2000s yeah. that I just didn't play. And, and one of those is, you know, what we're going to be reviewing tonight. But I, it's an opportunity that 
I don't think that I would have or an outlet I wouldn't have if not for this podcast. Yeah. And uh, Mixmaster said uh, we'll be gaming on the PS8 uh, by then. <laughs> I'm like, hope, hopefully by then gaming will be, uh, we'll just have holodecks by then. Because I don't, I don't know if, I'll probably have arthritis by then from all the years of gaming and I won't be able to hold on to a controller anymore. So <laughs> I would love holodeck, the, the PlayStation holodeck. Nintendo, their console will actually be just a chip that you have to install into your mm-hmm. brain. Yeah, I, I, I would do that. I'd let Nintendo stick a chip in my brain. Oh, 100%. <laughs> just sitting there, like, imagining I'm playing, like, Mario in my head, and I'm just sitting there drooling, like, on the subway or something. <laughs> but the thing is, years from now, when we get to that point, Mario will still be relevant. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I have zero doubt of that. No, that Mario's going to be around way longer than we are. I guarantee yep. you that. Speaking yep. of Mario, have you played any more of the Mario 35, um, the Battle Royale, Royale? So, I can't remember if I told you or not, but I made it into the top three. Really? It was insane. Yeah. It was worse than Tetris. <laughs> I think I it got... It was like, uh, I, I got into the third spot, and then like two seconds later, I died. Dude, I don't even know how you got that high. I think the highest I got was like eight. And it was insane, the amount of enemies mm-hmm. coming at me. And I was just like, I can't do this! <laughs> Not fast enough, man. I don't have the twitch reflexes. They can't stop that game no. when they say they're going to. Like, they can't. Dude, I don't care who you are. That game is... like I'm. I don't know who came up with that idea to make that into a Battle Royale game. I would have never been able to come up with that. But it's perfect for a Battle Royale type of of thing. And if they take this away, people are going to be so mad. Like, that game is too good for them to take away. If they take that game away, they are, they are making a huge mistake. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It would be a very Nintendo thing to do to take it away. But yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to think that they would come to their senses and be like, due to the popularity of the game, yeah, we're going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Let's hope so, anyway. I, I hope they change their mind on that, because that would just be totally stupid. That would be a, a blunder of epic proportions if Nintendo takes that game away. Rampage says he made it to first place. Uh, really? Oh, I just saw that. Wow. I don't even... I don't think I'll ever be able to get to first place. I'm just not that fast. I can't see things that fast. I... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, getting into the top three is crazy enough. Yeah. But I, I bet it gets even crazier once third place is eliminated and it's just down to the top two. I think I've made it that high and... um. Tetris 99, and it was insanity. Yeah, I think the highest I made it to Tetris 99 was fourth. Yeah, I think my fourth or fifth. I can't remember. Fifth, somewhere around there. It was pretty high, but oh my god, it was like it was dropping so fast. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even see what was happening. (laughs) I was like, well, it's just like (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy. You can't even move the pieces. Uh -uh. Just drop straight down. No, and there's this one guy I follow on Twitter. I can't remember his name right off the the bat, but he's always posting gifs or short videos of him playing Tetris 99. And he lets he'll get he hits 
first place, but he like lets it build all the way up to the top. And he's just like fitting pieces like faster than I can see. I'm like, dude, this is insanity. I can't. I hope they do a Dr. Mario version of uh oh that would be cool because i love some dr mario man i think i like dr honestly i think i like dr mario better than i like tetris i know that's a controversial thing to say but i've probably put way more hours into dr mario than i have tetris i don't think it's entirely that out of the equation to think that i mean yeah tetris is an iconic game but I don't, I don't look at that as one to be like, oh, how dare you disrespect Tetris? Oh, like there that. are people like, that I don't hate... call it disrespect. It's just a, a preference. There are people out there that hate Dr. Mario, like with a passion. I'm like, you people are weird. <laughs> well, they're not allowed to listen to this show then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what we do have, um, we have some clips, and I put them all into a um, one little track here. It's going to be about six minutes long. And it's, uh, it's our listeners giving us high fives and props for making it to 200. So if you sent in your uh, MP3, congratulations. I ordered them all from shortest to longest because some of y'all went over the 30-second mark, so I put you guys last. But it's okay. I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not disparaging you or anything, but I, and I understand. I love listening to it. But uh, some of them went over almost to the two-minute mark, so I was like, eh, I'm going to put these last <laughs> and put all the shorter ones up front. So here we go. This is about six minutes, so strap in. And uh, here's our congratulations on 200. Hey guys, it's Tyler. Just wanted to say congratulations on reaching 200 episodes of Nerd Cave Retro. That's one heck of an achievement, and you guys should be really proud of the work you do. And I'm glad to have been here with you since day one. It's always one of the highlights of my week getting to hear you guys. And uh, you keep putting them out, and I'll stay here with you. Thanks. Have a good one. Hey, Jason and Derek. This is Brandon Rutledge, the Emerald Coast Fact Checker. I just want to congratulate you guys on 200 episodes of Nerd Cave Retro. I remember starting off as a fan and over time I've become, you guys have become great friends of mine. Keep playing games. This is the greatest retro gaming podcast in the world. Again, congratulations on 200 episodes and I look forward to another 200 episodes of the Nerd Cave Retro. Hey guys, congratulations on 200 episodes and many more to come. When I first found you guys, I was already listening to a couple of other podcasts and stuff regarding retro gaming, but none of them really had the connection that you two had, the chemistry, and it's a fantastic thing. It's great to listen to. It makes for a great show because you two have a real passion for retro gaming, and it shows in every episode that y'all do, and I appreciate that so much. So, Here's to 200 more, and then some. Wow, 200 episodes. That's an amazing accomplishment. I came into listening to the Nerd Cave Retro probably back about a year and a half ago. And uh, I've always been a huge retro game fan, and I just found that these, both Jason and uh, Derek, are just um, really knowledgeable about the uh, retro gaming. It was just something that just vibed with me really, really well. Um, yeah, I just totally enjoyed that. I started listening to it in the evenings when I did my second cleaning job and just helped me get through the through the shift, you know, the boring cleaning. <laughs> it was uh, just a great podcast to listen to. I really, really uh, uh, grew to really enjoy them um, and look forward to them each week. And I decided to become a Patreon 
right early on just because I wanted to support them and what they were doing. So that they're doing a great job and continue to do a great job. And yeah, 200 episodes is awesome. Um, and yeah, I got to be friends on Twitter with them, both Jason and Derek as well. And really enjoying the, you know, the fun chats back and forth and, you know, uh, finding other people in the community. The Nerd Cave Retro community is awesome. Um, becoming lot, you know, friends with others as well on, on Twitter and interacting with all the news out there for retro gaming and video gaming in general. Just fun and fun to um, find like-minded people and especially in the way the world is now with the depressing virus and all that. It's a good, kind of a good escapism for, for, for me. And, uh, yeah, just really, uh, really liking the community there and stuff like that. And, uh, Hope I uh, can't wait till episode 400. Keep talking about this again. Do another recording. Take care, everybody. Hey, Jason and Derek. This is Mixmaster. And I just want to wish Nerd Cave Retro a happy 200 episodes. Oh, man. What a milestone, guys. Congrats. I've been listening since about episode 50. And then I had went back and started at episode 1. And I'm actually... Got about two episodes left until I've listened to them all in podcast form, even though I've caught a lot recently in, uh, you know, live. I'm driving right now, as you can probably hear. So I thought I'd record this and say congrats. And here's the 200 more, huh? The news. Just uh, telling what's up for the week. Uh, This week in gaming history and the reviews of the game, it's... It's a nice little mix of a podcast that I enjoy every week. But I'm going to tell you guys, I know I'm running over time, but I'm real quick, I'm going to show you guys uh, how I got my name, the Mixmaster. And based on my memory of your favorite games, I'm going to leave you with this. Congrats, guys. Cheers. Mixmaster, out. Thanks, you guys, so, so much for that. Uh, Mixmaster, yeah, that were, were you driving with a tambourine? or <laughs> That doesn't sound safe. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah, it was. Really impressive. 
I like it. I say most impressive. Most impressive. But thank you guys for mm-hmm. for all sending those in. Those were uh, very heartwarming and glad to know that we uh, we give you guys good entertainment every single week. And you guys are always here, so you guys keep us going as much as we do. You know, just love doing the show. So thank you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for. Those of you who've been here since the beginning, those of you who just, some of you, this is your very first episode. If it is, welcome. Welcome to the party, pal. And uh, join our Discord. Um, we, we need to do that more. We need to put that link up on our Twitter for the Discord. We got a lively Discord community. And just thank you, everybody, for, for 200 episodes being here with us. Yeah, that whole track there makes all 200 episodes worth it oh yeah absolutely you know while i was watching uh watching this on my soundboard i realized that i forgot to capture music for chrono trigger so i might i'm gonna pull it up on youtube and play it (laughs) when in time is right hopefully it's at the right spot if it's not i'll have to go in and and replace the music afterwards and we'll we'll fix it in post (laughs) as someone who works in post yeah you never want to hear that (laughs) um so we are we are running a little bit late um we we you know we kind of got a little long in the beginning there do you want to skip news for this week or do you want to skip this month of video game history um why don't we do the first two news stories okay and then and then we can just do like the first four um, gaming history segments. That works. Um, well, we got one from uh, I Am The Rampage about GameStop Flex Pay. I think we can save that one um, for the next episode we're together. So let's do the the second and third story here because I really want to get to the, the Christmas jumpers. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. For the first story here, uh, let, actually, let me play the thing here. Don't don't want you guys to do without the uh, the sound effects. <laughs> This is awesome. From RetroDodo.com, 2021 is getting a new Game Boy game called Dragonborn, and I love the box art for this thing. Um, This year has been pretty awful, and many of us have been smashing through our old retro games collection quicker than we can fill it. But worry no longer, as there's a new Game Boy game releasing in January 2021 called Dragonborn, and by an indie developer in the UK called Spacebot Interactive. Uh, It's a brand new uh, adventure RPG that takes inspiration from Zelda, Final Fantasy, and even Dragon Warrior. Uh, Could this be featured on the best Game Boy Color Games article? Most likely. Uh, Storyline is, travel through the region of Argon as Chris. In search of your missing father, Curtis, the greatest dragon slayer the region has ever known. Um, there's, they have a, a link in here for, uh, that's got about five minutes of gameplay. Um, you can pre-order it now, uh, and it's 42 pounds for the complete boxed edition or 23 for the cartridge only. Doesn't have the American conversion on here, um, for how much it would be in American. Um, let's see. No, it doesn't have that on here, but I'm pretty sure you can just, uh, go to the site. And uh, if you want to get a copy of it, just go to RetroDodo.com. It's, uh, it's on the front page there. And man, this the box art just looks... I just want it for the box art. So we've talked about this off and on on the show, but one of the biggest selling points to retro games was the box art. There's been some great box art and there's been some terrible box art. 
this takes me back to because I, I have a soft spot for Game Boy um, cover art specifically. Yeah. Because when I see that giant gray bar on the side and it said Game Boy, it instantly makes me think of you know trips that I went on with my parents and my grandparents during the summers, and I spent a lot of the car rides playing Game Boy. So just seeing like that box art alone, and just, I mean it looks cool anyway. But man, it just takes me back, and seeing that load screen it just makes me think of being a kid again oh, and yeah. sitting in my parents' car playing the Game Boy. I need it. <laughs> I, I think this now. is a, a new trend. I mean, if they're if if you have these smaller companies do this and and they're relatively successful, I don't see why this couldn't become a regular thing. Like honestly, I wish I could program. For the Nintendo, because I I would just sit at home and make indie Nintendo games all day if I could, if I was that talented. Oh, for sure, for sure. No, th- this looks really cool. I-, I haven't had a chance to watch the gameplay yet, but I'm excited too. Yeah, like it. It seems really cool. As soon as I saw this, I was like, "Oh, Derek's gonna love this." <laughs> uh, you know me too well. This also comes to us from RetroDodo.com. 10 Best Retro Gaming Christmas Jumpers. <laughs> For those who don't know what those are, basically ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> uh, the best time of the year is here, and what better way to celebrate than by picking up gaming Christmas jumpers for yourself and your friends? Imagine sitting there at your family gathering or your Christmas party with everyone wearing old, dirty, boring jumpers, and you rock out with a brand new Sonic Christmas jumper. Well, you're selling me already. We almost guarantee at least someone is going to pick up on it. So this article lists the the 10 best retro gaming Christmas jumpers, and I'll go through them real quick. So there's a Spyro the Dragon one Mm -hmm. that looks pretty cool. There's a Sonic one where Sonic is actually snowboarding, wearing a Santa hat and coat. There's a classic PlayStation uh, Christmas jumper that has, it's essentially gray with a little bit of black and the old school uh, PS logo on it. This one I really like, the Pac-Man one. Yeah. It's, it's got uh, Pac-Man and the four ghosts on the top and the bottom of the sweater. And Pac-Man's wearing a little Santa hat, which is great. And it just says across the middle, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> I like the Space Invaders one. Uh, the Crash Bandicoot one, even though I'm not a huge Crash Bandicoot fan, this shirt looks awesome. Or not a shirt, but this ugly Christmas sweater. Um, yeah, the Crash Bandicoot one's great. That's number seven. Six is the Space Invaders. Uh, There's also a Street Fighter one mm-hmm. that looks that looks all right. Um the Halo one I kind of like, Happy Halo Days. I think that's it's got my a favorite of Master one. Chief. I think that's my favorite one because it's got a warthog on it <laughs> down at the bottom. Yeah, and who <clears> doesn't <throat> like the warthog from Halo? <laughs> and then there's also another Sonic one that has the Sonic, like the classic Sonic logo mm-hmm. of him popping through the circle, waving his finger, and it says Merry Christmas. I think that's my favorite out of the two Sonic ones. I would agree. And then there's another uh, Spyro one with just the silhouette of the dragon. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm going to have to buy at least one and wear it on the show during same Christmas time. here. I have, but I don't know. <laughs> do I, which one do I want though? I, I love that halo one, but I, I also love the Pac-Man one. I like the space invaders one. Uh, it's too, 
Mm, I like that Sonic one. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I um, let me scroll through again real quick. I could see you rocking the Space Invaders one. I think so. I think that's probably my favorite one out of all of them. If I, I, I feel like I have to get the Sonic one. Yeah, that one's the, definitely the you, one. you all the way, the Sonic one. Yeah, if I were to get two, I would probably get this one. I really like that Halo one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the Crash one's cool, too. I like the color scheme of it, like with the black and the red. It looks almost like a um, like a, a Halloween sweater, like the colors on it, that orange and black. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Yeah. Hang on, let me let me look at the price. How much are they? Please tell me. I, I haven't been brave enough to look. <laughs> All right, so they're on Amazon for $32. That's not bad. I was thinking they were going to be like 75 bucks. No, I'd pay 32 for That's one. That's not bad at all. That's way less than what I thought it was going to be. That's doable. Definitely doable. I I get paid on Friday, so yeah. I will I will get one. Oh, and dude. the week of Christmas I will wear it on the show. <laughs> Wait for Black Friday. Might be able to even get it cheaper. Oh yeah. Even better. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm shocked I... there's not a Zelda one on here. Yeah, that was the thing. I was hoping they would have some uh uh Nintendo ones, but you know, Nintendo is notoriously tight about their properties, so oh, but a Mario one would look so awesome. I know. <laughs> it would. Yeah. I'm sure there's gotta be one somewhere on the internet. There's gotta yeah. be. Um, I'm sure there is. But now it is time to go into this month in video game history. <laughs> On November 12th of 1980, Stern Electronics, any relation to Howard Stern, uh, releases Berserk. With designer Alan McNeil's signature on the monitor glass of each cabinet. I love Berserk. That's still um, one of my favorite games to play on the actual Atari 2600. One of the better arcade ports uh, of that time. So one of the reasons why I threw this one on here is because I instantly thought of the song Berserker from the original yeah. Clerks movie. <laughs> my love for you is like a truck. <laughs> oh man, I love that so uh, much. <laughs> I love the flyer for it. It's so like it's so early eighties. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. Um let me see. Yeah, that's the uh the arcade cabinet uh artwork. Mm -hmm. Look up um if you would just Google, look at the um at the uh the uh, Atari twenty six hundred artwork and oh my god that artwork's so cool it looks like almost like um you know logan's run like a, 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 like sort of a little bit tron a little bit logan's run oh this is so much better oh yeah like 100 percent better mm -hmm. well that was the thing yeah, about uh, uh oh <laughs> mix masters wrote in the chat room would you like some making <laughs> F dot dot dot. Bazaka. Bazaka. What was an evil auto? Man, I remember when I was a kid playing Berserk, like in the dark, late at night, and Otto would come across the screen, evil auto. It would scare the crap out of me. 
it, it would just absolutely yeah. scare the crap out of me. Um, and I don't know why. All he was was just a little smiley face, but I don't know. <laughs> it was just one of those things. I guess because his name was Evil Otto. I don't know. I mean, just the thought of it's creepy enough. Yeah, Berserk was a great game, though. I really wish they would do an updated version of Berserk. Just like a first-person uh, maze crawler. Um, where you're just like almost like Doom, where you're just fighting robots, but with today's graphics, I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. They should do that. Where's my For Where's sure. my video game check? <laughs> <laughs> On November first of 1986, Sega releases Alex Kidd in Miracle World. It is the first game in the Alex Kidd series created for this character, and the most popular of all Alex Kidd games. You remember that Sega was trying really hard to make Alex Kidd their uh, Mario-type character? But yeah, that didn't really take off. Then another character came along a few years later that we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. November 21st of 1991, Nintendo releases The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past for the Super Famicom in Japan, arguably... One of the greatest video games ever made. I don't care what anybody says. It's perfection. It is video game perfection. I would definitely say it's the best Super Nintendo game of all time. Yeah, I'll go that far, yeah. With Mario World, to me, being a very close second. Mm -hmm. But definitely, the thing with Link to the Past is that out of all the games that I've played... It's probably the game I've put the most replay into. Because I've lost count of the times that I've played through that game and beaten it. Well, it's Because just... as a kid, I remember loving it so much that I would beat it, mm-hmm. and I would immediately start a new game and play through it again. Well, it's the perfect mix of perfect um, game control. Um, you know, the, the things you can do in the game, like with the dash and the, the, the attacks and the movement. Um, mixed with the sort of cartoonish, um, you know, uh, graphics for it, the music, the story gets you sucked into it. It's just it holds up, and, and it looks just as good today, sounds just as good today as it did back then. It holds up, and it's gonna hold up. I mean, they're gonna be playing that game. People are gonna be playing that game a hundred years from now. I have no doubt. The thing I never understood is that when Wind Waker came out, people crapped on the cartoonish look to it. But Link to the Past looks like a cartoon. Yeah. And people love it. Like, to me, I see no difference in that. And I I get it's really because that GameCube demo came out in 2000 that looked realistic. mm -hmm. And then they released Wind Waker. And I remember the first trailer came out and everyone crapped on it. Yeah. The more cartoonish, Yet one of the greatest video games of all time looked like a cartoon. The more cartoon, the more cartoonish and stylized everything looks, the more the, the longer legs it's going to have, because the more real you try to make something look, it's going to look awful by the next generation. You know, look at Twilight Princess. That that game just does not hold up for me visually. Um, as Wind Waker still holds up visually. Link to the Past still holds up visually. Um, you know, even though the, the N64 games are a little bit cartoonish, they don't really hold up because that's that weird polygonal artwork that just doesn't hold up anyway. But, you, you know, the Breath of the Wild has that cartoonish yet um, 
what is what is what art style is that where they have like the thick lines and the where it's like Borderlands the, had that look. Like the characters themselves, cell like their shading. bodies and everything look realistic. Yeah. But it has that cell shading from yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah, and that's it's gonna hold up. I mean, people are gonna be able to play Breath of the Wild, you know, two, three generations from now, and it's still gonna look good, still gonna play good. And that's the thing about Zelda games, they always tend to hold up better than most um <clears throat> you know, adventure games that are that try to emulate it. You know, many games come along, try to emulate it. They never quite do it. The only games that really do that still kind of hold up are games that really um, tried to, you know, took what Zelda did and sort of still kind of, you know, like, like look at Diablo. You know, that game's still going to look good. You know, Diablo 2, Diablo 3, those games did, you know, the, the dungeon crawl, um, you know, loot grind, uh, you know, Zelda was so good at. And they're going to hold up, but there's a lot of games out there that tried to do what Zelda did and they're not, you know, nobody remembers what they are. So Zelda just perfect. Like, that's just the Nintendo magic that, you know, Nintendo just perfects it. What I'm hoping Nintendo does is because next year is the 35th anniversary of Zelda. I hope they take the high definition port they did for Wind Waker because they put it on the Wii U. But I hope they just port it over to the Switch. One, because they've been doing that with a lot of Wii U games anyway. Mm. And to me, it's an easy sell that you can just port over to the Switch and make it as part of like a Zelda 35th anniversary yeah. package like they did with Mario. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They could pretty much do anything with Zelda. Like bring back, <clears throat> I, I still think they need to go back. They need to do Ocarina of Time. They need to redo Majora's Mask. They need to bring back Wind Waker. Um, go back and redo Twilight Princess. Because I don't think Twilight Princess was a bad game. I mean, there was some boring parts to it. But uh, overall, I would love to see a complete remaster of those games on the Switch. And I would gladly pay for it. They, I think they did one for, uh, with Twilight Princess. I think they did it for the Wii U as well. Yeah, they did. Well, did they? Because I know that Twilight Princess came out and it was on the GameCube and the Wii. It was one of the launch yep. games for the Wii. Uh, I don't remember them redoing it for the Wii U. They may have. I, I missed everything in the Wii U <laughs> when the Wii U was out. I had completely written off Nintendo at that point. I want to say they did. And if they did, then I think that's, again, another easy sell but if they were to do remasters of ocarina of time and majora's mask like mm. i would probably faint yeah <laughs> I, I would absolutely love that and then you can release that maybe like during the summer and then for the holiday release the sequel to breath of the wild yeah i can't wait for this that. is what i would do i need more breath of the wild in my life i need i need a part two now yeah but, I do too, because I think where they're going to go with the story, if it's what I think it is, can be really, really cool. They need to... I don't care about the other weapons. The other weapons can break all they want. I just wish they would give me a way, like in World of Warcraft or whatever, where I can repair my items. Like, let me know when the swords and stuff are about to break. And then just go, hey, I'm going to learn blacksmithing and spend a little, you know, go and repair my items. And when I get the Master Sword, the Master Sword should never, ever run out of power. I should be able to use that sword 
and be overpowered for the rest of the time I play that game. Come on, That's Nintendo. That's why it should be called the Master Sword. Yes. <laughs> uh, Axeblade says, I never played Skyward Sword. Anyone play it, and was it good? Yes, it's not bad. It's just very short. Hmm. Yeah, I never played it either. I missed There's that only, one. I think there were only three dungeons, or maybe four, in the entire game. And yeah. you had to go through them twice. Yeah, and that was it, about it. One of the it, things about it did some really cool things with the story as far as setting up the Zelda lore, but I wish I, they would have done a little bit more with it. And one of the things um, we had talked about this before. Um, one of the things about Breath of the Wild, uh, Mixmaster brought it up about the shrines. I really think I, I don't mind the shrines, but I just wish they were dungeons. They got to bring the dungeons back. That's my yeah. one big thing. If you were to make me uh, make a list of what I would like to see in Breath of the Wild 2, number one, bring back the dungeons. You can mm. still have a few shrines as some side quest things to do, but oh yeah, give me give me eight like legitimate Zelda dungeons in the style of Breath of the Wild, and uh, it would be so good. Yeah. I didn't know we were going to go off on a Zelda tangent. <laughs> I tell you, there was some great uh, gaming releases in November. Because there's yeah. even more that you know are later on this list that we'll have to save for next week. But, oh, yeah. Uh, one last one. November 21st of 1992, Sega publishes Sonic the Hedgehog for the Mega Drive, Genesis, Master System, and the Game Gear. The game introduced Sonic's sidekick, Miles, Tails, Prower, and Sonic's supersonic transformation. Still, in my opinion, to this day, the best Sonic the Hedgehog game ever made. I saw a between two D and three D. I saw a TikTok the other day that made me feel stupid because the guy uh, said his favorite um, Sonic character was my was uh, Tails, and he said I was today years old when I found out that Miles Tails Prower full name is Miles Per Hour. Yep. I and even even I was like. It never hit me. I felt so dumb. <laughs> I didn't realize it in the very beginning, but then like once the internet became more of a thing and I was just, because I would do research on like Zelda, Sonic, Mario, like all those gaming properties that I liked and I saw that and I'm like, that's so clever. <laughs> I Sega. It was just so good. But no, I, I can't recommend Sonic the Hedgehog 2 enough. It's, if I'm going to go back and play an old-school Sonic game, or really just any Sonic game, it's Sonic 2. It's the perfect Sonic game, and I don't really know that it will ever be matched. I think I'm but I mean, I, I won't it. go too much into it, because I know that I've talked about Sonic to death on the show, especially <laughs> this year with the movie and everything. I think I'm in the mood for some old-school Sonic. I might, I might play that this weekend. Break out the Sega Genesis Mini. You should. That game is is really really good oh and i'm gonna pack up the uh i'm gonna pack up the turbo graphic 16 and send it off to you this uh early next week i'll pack it up this okay weekend. cool no i appreciate that um i forgot to send you this article but i saw on i think it was on twitter that due to the pandemic the highest grossing movie of 2020 is going to be sonic the hedgehog i'm sure <laughs> that's yeah, I, I can see that. I'm like, sure, it has a little bit of an asterisk by it, but hey, I'll take it. Because hey. I mean, if you think of it, there's not going to be a Marvel movie this year. 
Jim Carrey needs a, to win an Oscar. I'm telling you. I don't even know if they're going to have the Oscars. I, I honestly, I think, I think they will, but I think they're going to um, change some of the rules around to have some of the movies. Because um, you have to have a, a, a theatrical run in order to be considered for Oscars. I think they're going to fudge that rule this year. Because so far, I mean, there's been some really good movies released this year uh, that were supposed to have theatrical releases um, that were released on, uh, you know, like Apple TV Plus, like Amazon Prime and stuff. So I think they're going to make some exceptions this year. I think you have to. But Mixmaster says he still hasn't seen the movie. He oh, got to. It's dude, really good. What is wrong with you? Leave this chat right now. <laughs> well, finish the podcast. Yeah, finish the podcast and then, then watch Sonic. Go watch Sonic tonight. I command it. The movie's so good. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things that we did uh, for events this year at work is that we actually showed the Sonic movie Um on our video board and leading up to it, I found out a way to hook up the Sega Genesis mini to it. That's so, so cool. I played, I played through Sonic two for an hour before the movie started <laughs> to see if I could beat it. That's I did awesome. not, but I tried. Oh, wow. how big is that screen? Ooh, I know th now that you ask, I can't remember. I'll have to look at the schematic sheet. I can't remember the exact height, but the, the weird thing is, so the way that the board looks is the actual screen itself is like a perfect square. Mm -hmm. So we have to do some frame changes if we want to play like movies or really any type of video. Yeah. I know I sent you and Joey the a picture the other yeah. night, but we actually played the 2018 <laughs> Halloween for the weekend of Halloween, which I was shocked that we played a legitimate horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, was, I stuck around and watched about like 20 minutes of it. My only regret, and I, I said this after the fact, we should have turned all the lights off. Yeah, that, that would have been cool. Been creepy as hell. <laughs> that would have been. Should have had somebody running around in a uh, Michael Myers costume. Like I would have done it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that brings us to the end of this month of video game history. Um, before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has shoutouts. Yeah, as always, we like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armez Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, and Tyler Watson. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions. And because you keep us at the $50 level, we will continue to do our really fun commentary tracks. I know we did... For October, we did a two-for-one commentary deal. We did uh, an episode of The Real Ghostbusters, as well as the critically acclaimed Pac-Man series that you can find <laughs> on Netflix, and I use that term very loosely. But Oof. sometimes the worst shows or movies make for some good commentary. That track. show is so, almost as bad to try to get through as Double Dragon. <laughs> I actually think the show was worse. Really? Yeah. It was pretty bad. Well... So here's my thing with that. Like with Double Dragon, it was terrible, but it was so terrible that it made the commentary track fun. Mm. Yeah. With Pac-Man, we just were like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when it's terrible. so bad, you can't even think of anything funny to say. You're just like, 
who made this? Like, why would you well, make like, with this? With Double Dragon, we found some funny <laughs> content for it. And it had Alyssa Milano, too. So that, you know, that counts for something. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but yeah, if you want us to continue doing those fun commentary tracks, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And tonight we're talking about... I tell you what, this game had some great music to it. I found the soundtrack on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I know you. Sent and I've it been to listening to it the last couple of days. <laughs> so good, Chrono Trigger. Yes, that's what we're talking about tonight, boys and girls. So I know when we were leading up to this episode, we were trying to think of what we wanted to do, and I knew it had to be a game that we would review together Mm. and looking at all the games that we haven't reviewed yet. The one that I kept going back to was this was Chrono Trigger. It's a 1995 role-playing game developed and published by square for the super Nintendo entertainment system that began the Chrono series. So I never played this game as a kid and I know I've talked almost ad nauseum on the show about how great, that Super Nintendo era of RPGs were between Earthbound, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, and so many others that you know I, I'm I'm not going to name. But when I would go back and I would look at list of best Super Nintendo games of all time, there was one that kept coming up besides like Link to the Past and Mario World, and that was Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't just be in the top five, but it would consistently be in the top three mm-hmm. of like all these lists that I would read. And I'm thinking, this has got to be, you know, for it to be consistently listed that high on everyone's list of best Super Nintendo games ever. Like to me, there was, I was like, there was no way this game can't be good. And that was, you know, when we were talking about it, I was like, well, why don't we just review Chrono Trigger? We haven't reviewed it yet. And I think it's a big enough title and a beloved title that's, you know, worthy of being discussed on a 200th podcast. Yeah, this is definitely one of those games that I have never heard a single person say anything bad about it. Well, in playing it, so, you know, I started playing it a few days ago. And I'll be honest, like, I didn't know anything about the story. I didn't I've just heard that it's one of the best games ever made. But when I knew we were going to review it, I intentionally didn't read anything about it because I wanted to go in and just kind of follow the story, you know, as it actually unfolds. And within minutes of playing it with feeling how the game plays, like with the controls and seeing the graphics and watching the story unfold. And as you mentioned, the absolutely incredible soundtrack that this game has very early on i was like okay this game's gonna live up to the hype the rampage said i haven't played this i only play good games <laughs> i think you're gonna get crushed good sir <laughs> um the same thing I, I went into this game the other day um i had actually started a game of this 
couple of years ago, because I've had, you know, a, a, a ROM of this game for quite a while now. Never really jumped into it. I think I may have played five minutes of it. Never really jumped into it hardcore until a few days ago. And um, been playing it. Got about two and a half hours in so far. I know I've like barely scratched the surface of this game. I'm kind of at a point right now where I'm kind of stuck and I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to go read a, a walkthrough because I don't know what to do. I've, I've finished the dungeon. I've talked to everybody on the entire continent and I don't know what to do next. And I can't cross the bridge. I'm like, am I just stupid? <laughs> like, What's happening right now? But so far, I mean... Like you said, the, the way the game plays, I did not think I was going to enjoy this game because I've never really been a fan of turn-based combat. Um, but there's two settings that you can do when you first start the game. There's one where enemies just attack you and you have to be really fast with the way you attack them. Or you have it where they attack and then you attack. They attack and, you, and it gives you time to kind of figure out what your next move is going to be because you have it's a party system uh like lot like you know it's JRPG basically where you've got you know your whole your party and each person gets their turn you pick what uh you know what attack they're going to do or what kind of uh magic they're going to do or or healing and it's cool because it's got that kind of uh party system that we all know and love today like when you play something like World of Warcraft, you know, you, you want to have your tank, you want to have your healer, and you want to have your, your um, you know, your damage dealers. And that's kind of the way it's set up. Like your main guy, um, I don't know what, I forgot what his game is. I just named him Jay. I changed his name to Jay. Um, he's sort of your tank character. Um, and then you pick up um, Luca, who is the, um, she's the, the story of the game is this: uh, there's this fair, and the, uh, your friend Luca is an inventor, and she invents this, uh, you know, portal device. Um, I guess it's supposed to be sort of like, a, or like um, what it's is, essentially like a teleporter. Yeah, it's a teleporter, and you, you pick up this girl. You don't really know who she, who she is at the fair, and she follows you around. She goes into the machine, and she's got this pendant on. And all of a sudden it makes the machine go crazy and she gets like shot through time somewhere. And so being the hero that you are, you go, go after her through the machine. And then of course, Luca follows who built the machine and you end up like 400 years in the past from where the game starts. And, um, you're on the search for, you know, the, the girl that you were after, uh, to help and, uh, Luca. So Luca is part of your party. You meet up with her, and she's kind of the tech person. You know, she's got long range. And then you pick up the the frog or toad toad character. He's a frog, but I named him Toad. Best character in the entire game so far. Yeah, and he's... Uh, I love he, the frog. Yeah, and he's your healer type. And that's all I've picked up so far. I know there's like four other characters you pick up along the way. And um, if you'd like to watch me play this game, I am going to be playing it probably over the next month or so on my Twitch channel. Uh, on Sundays uh, and some weekdays if I can, but um, first two videos are already up, and um, I'm still gonna play this game because I get I've really gotten some good like 
just good vibes from this game. Like, I love the art of the game. I love the music. I love the gameplay. I didn't think I was going to like it. I kind of do. And um, I just like the story so far. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not very far into it. But from what I've seen of the game so far, it's definitely got my attention. I'll be honest. As soon as I went into the first battle, I thought to myself, I love this battle system. Yeah. I like it so much more than other RPGs that I've played. It's uh, it's called an active time battle system. Mm. And they eventually adopted it for the uh, Final Fantasy games. But um, I, I actually liked that kind of like a little twist on the turn-based type system. Like it wasn't as boring. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be honest, and you know how much I love Earthbound. I like this battle system more than Earthbound's because that one you encounter an enemy and you go to like this separate screen where you're just staring at your opponent but you don't really like mm-hmm. you don't see Ness attack the enemy you yeah. just you know when you attack when the character flashes and it says Ness dealt x number of you know HP worth of damage yeah so i i actually like the the battle system in this game quite a bit and i i had no clue that there was a time travel aspect to it so i that threw me for a loop when that happened so i I love that aspect of the story and you mentioned the the fair so it was called the millennial fair yeah (laughs) when i first started playing this game i was going to text you and say i'm at the millennial fair in chrono trigger i haven't seen a single entitled teenager (laughs) on their cell phone this game is a disappointment yeah Yeah, that's the one thing that really got me about the game was when I went to that first battle. I was like, okay, I can get behind this. And then the more um, kind of uh, secondary, you know, powers that you get, you get like these, you know, um, like uh, super moves and stuff that you can do. And the animations of them are awesome. Like you got... You're, there's this one called a flame whirl that you do, and Luca actually shoots um, like a flamethrower at the enemy, and you are spinning like a cyclone towards the enemy, and you wrap up the fire in your sword, and just like just this tornado of fire going through all the enemies, and I'm like, that's dope. <laughs> well, and it, it shows that you know that era of gaming those graphics still hold up to this day. Cause like, mm-hmm. I still think that looks cool by today's standards. Mm-hmm. You, you look at other games from that era, like that, that's why I think the eight bit and the 16 bit graphic style of gaming still hold up to this day because it almost has that kind of a timeless feel to it. Like you still see indie games that are made in that same style and use that same type of animation. Yeah. It worked back then, and it still works now. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought, I think the characters look great. The backgrounds look great. The battle animations look really good. There's really, so far, and I don't think I'm as far into the game as you are, but I don't really have any type of a, like a complaint about it. Like, there hasn't been anything I've encountered that I've disliked. Yeah. And Rampage said uh, he's never liked turn-based. That's why he hasn't played it. I would say give it a chance. Um, because, like I said, I was never a huge fan of turn-based. I've played games before that have turned me off because they're turn-based. Uh, like the original Dragon Age game, 
I really wanted to play that game, and I got it, and it was turn-based, and I was like, ugh, and that just completely turned me off of the game. But this is actually really fun, the uh, the way it's set up, and I, I like it the way it's set up. Um, and the first thing I did after my first play session, uh, I went on the uh, the Switch to see if it was available to to purchase on the Switch game on the Switch store. It's not. Um, and then I just looked on the Super Nintendo page just to see if maybe it was on there by chance, and it wasn't. And I'm like, man, I really want to be able to play this, like just lay in bed and, and just play it on the Switch. Like, why is this not available to buy? I, I would pay, you know, 15 bucks for it if it oh, was absolutely. on the, the Switch store. I'd over. even pay as far as 20 to to play it to be able to play it on the Switch. Yeah, what I've been doing, because so I have this really long HDMI cable, and my TV in my living room is mounted on the wall. Mm-hmm. So I've ran the HDMI cable down to the floor, and then I hook it up to my laptop, and then I have a USB extender for my controller. Yeah. That way I can just, you know, like hook up the laptop to the TV and then lay on my couch and, and play the game. But oh, yeah. no, I agree with you. I wish this game were available on the Switch. Because it would be so great to just. Like you said, lay in bed or lay on my couch, yeah, and be able to just play it. And, and like I said, I, I have a ROM of it, and I don't, I don't mind sitting at the computer playing it. But at the same time, I would much rather you know lay in bed playing it on the Switch, or you know hook up the um, uh, the Pro controller, play it on the TV. And I don't know if I think I may have actually talked about this on the show a few years ago. I was at the flea market once, and this was back before I really have, had even heard of this game because this game, I missed this game back in the day because this was around the time. This came out in 95. I kind of stopped playing Super Nintendo probably around 93, and that's when I got my first real computer and was doing computer gaming around that time. So I wasn't playing my Super Nintendo at this time. I completely missed this game, but there was a guy at the flea market that had this game for sale uh, it was complete in the box. It was open. It wasn't sealed, but it was complete in the box. Um, Earthbound, complete in the box, and a couple of other games. There was like three other games. I don't remember what they were, but he told me for $250, I could have all five of the games. And I was like, man, I just I didn't have the money at the time. But, dude, if if I could have just talked to him, like, I wish I could go back in time and just be like, dude, I'll give you 100 bucks for Chrono Trigger and Earthbound for both of those in the box. Because I, like, Chrono Trigger in the box at this point, let me just, just for, for poops and giggles, let me go to eBay real quick and look up Chrono Trigger in the box. Chrono I'm afraid to what this is going to be, because I know Earthbound's like 250 S-N-E-S-C-I-B. Let's see. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> Should I brace myself? Holy crap. The very first one is $779.99 or best what? offer. The next one is $1,000 or best offer. Uh, let's these see. are, I assume they're at least mint in the box. Oh, yeah. These are pretty, these have everything available that, that came with it. Uh, there's another one here that's just the box um, and the game. Three ninety four, ninety nine, or best offer. 
Uh, let's see if there's a buy it now. Do they have any buy it nows? Let's see. Buy it now. Once again, I'll say that I wish I just had the money to be able to say, hey, I could throw a grand on a video yeah, game. Yeah, no kidding. If I wanted. Um, I don't think it has any buy it nows on here. They're all auction. Uh, there's only eight results, though. Um, there are actually th three of them are uh, Famicom versions. Um, there's one complete in... No, wait. Complete inbox. Uh, this is yeah. These are pretty cheap. The ones for the Famicom, they're like thirty-five bucks. But yeah, the Super Nintendo ones are roughly uh seven hundred to eight hundred dollars. So yeah, I may have missed out on a good money-making opportunity <laughs> by not buying that Chrono Trigger in the box. Could have made a month's worth of rent with that thing. No kidding. <laughs> Oh, well. But yeah, I mean, it happens. This game is really good. And like I said, we I, I don't think either of us are very far into the game. But man, this thing's really... like I, I've been thinking a lot about this game the last couple of days. And it's really good. And, and you know, I don't want to give it a grade yet because really... I I'm not far enough into it, but I can tell you I'm gonna have a lot of fun playing this mm -hmm. game, and I would highly recommend it for anybody that's never played it if you're interested, um, and if you think that the turn-based aspect is gonna turn you off, I would say give it a chance because I thought the same thing, but the way the gameplay is, it doesn't suck like most turn-based games and it doesn't do that thing that i also was fearing um like the dragon the, the uh dragon not dragon age but um dragon warrior type of games do where it's um random ba random battles where you're just like trying to get somewhere like with an overworld map and then you just all of a sudden a battle pops up and you're like, oh, God, and you get through the battle, and you're trying to, you're like almost to town, and then another battle pops up, and you're like, son of a bitch, like, I hate that. I hate random battles. That's why I don't like a lot of JRPGs. But this one, a lot of times, like, I would see the enemies, and I could just kind of scoot around them and not even have to fight them, and I like that a lot. Random side note, the battle music is by far my favorite track yeah that i've heard <laughs> in the game so far like it's i'm not going to say the amount of times that i've listened to it once i found it on spotify <laughs> yeah because it's embarrassing it's so but good the the soundtrack itself like i've listened to the whole thing is really good and it, it's up there with you know like because I, I love the secret of mana soundtrack it's probably Next to Link to the Past, it's probably, and I know Link to the Past only has a few tracks, but I just, I love the music from that game. But Secret of Mana is up there. I'd put Chrono Trigger's soundtrack up there with, you know, some of the best Super Nintendo music yeah. from that entire era. The soundtrack was written, uh, most of the soundtrack was uh, written by um, Yasunori Mitsuda. Uh, mm -hmm. Then he fell ill in deferring the remaining tracks to Final Fantasy series composer Nobuo Uematsu. 
And um, yeah, he did a lot of the Final Fantasy music. Mm-hmm. So if there's if which you... makes sense because Square made the Final Fantasy games exactly. As well. Yeah, so it seems like a lot of people that worked on um, you know the the Final Fantasy series had a lot to do with this game. Rampage, you should definitely try it. I, I I would recommend everyone at least try it out, even if RPGs aren't exactly your thing. Because like, honestly, what has sucked me into this game is the story and wanting to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yep. And that's, to me, like, you throw a good story in a game, you know, yeah, like, graphics to me are somewhat important but i play games for the story mm-hmm. not because they look pretty yeah so this game's I, got I've both <laughs> this game's got both it's it. got a good story and it looks pretty mhm absolutely but i like i said i i agree with you in the sense that i'm excited to keep playing this game i i can't give it a grade yet as well because I'm still so early into it but from what I've played, I would definitely say it's it deserves the hype that it's gotten through all these years. Because I can even remember reading about it a bit in in uh, Nintendo Power, yeah, and it just getting like all these accolades from Nintendo Power, from other magazines like Electronic Gaming Monthly and other games. I think there was a third one that I read that I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now, but. Like, no one's ever said anything bad about this game. Yeah. Well, you look at the uh, the reception, uh, the review scores, that, and it's basically, it's got almost perfect scores across the board. Uh, from mm-hmm. all publication, uh, Metacritic, it's 92 out of 100. So I would say, no matter what kind of gamer you are, if you love the Super Nintendo, I think this game is a lot of... is basically more of what the best of what the Super Nintendo had to offer as far as the RPGs go. Um, and I got a lot of uh, uh, Link to the Past vibes off this game, especially from the uh, the way the dungeon looked, you know, the first dungeon I went through. Just the look of the game, the, the I love the character designs, I love the enemy designs, the music, everything about this game has just kind of got me hooked. I wish I would have played this when I was younger, but I'm kind of glad that I'm enjoying it now because I'm going to take my time with it and kind of get, you know, a lot of enjoyment out of it. So, and it's going to give me a lot of the Twitch content too. So I'll be playing this a lot over the next month or so. And, um, yeah, just, I, I think we found a diamond, uh, a diamond here that neither of us really knew about. And it's crazy that it's one of the most beloved, and you know well received games definitely of the 90s yeah but i think it's one of those games that from what i've read about it and from what little we've played that you know is one of the defining pieces of video gaming from one of the greatest eras of video games ever yeah um Axeblade says it's on um steam on steam let me look on good old games too, just to see if it's there. If anybody, let's see, Chrono Trigger. 
Uh, no, it is not on good old games. So, I'm not... Uh, see, where are all the places you can play this? Um, yeah, they released it on Steam February 27th, 2018. Uh, this version includes all content from the Nintendo DS port, higher resolution graphics from the mobile device releases, uh, support for mouse and keyboard, and autosave features. Uh, there was... A, yeah, that was for Microsoft Windows... Let's see, there was a mobile version um, in 2011, uh, an iOS version in yeah, December 8th, 2011, um, Android 2012, uh, there was a Nintendo DS version, PlayStation, uh, enhanced port um, for the PlayStation in 1999, um, then there was a, a, I think it was a sequel called Chrono Cross, yeah, it was a 1999 sequel. Um, called Chrono Cross. Um, there was it was on the Wii Virtual Console in 2011. Um, there's a lot of ways to play this game. Probably the best way you're going to play it these days is probably on Steam. So that would probably be the best. That would probably be my my go-to was to pick it up on Steam. I can't understand why this is not on the Switch. That just baffles me. It's not on the Switch. Hashtag Nintendo. Ah, come on, Nintendo. Take my money. Now, this would never happen, but if they were to do a RPG collection, just whatever it costs, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you throw in Chrono Trigger, throw in Secret of Mana, Evermore, Earthbound, Illusion of Gaia. Mm-hmm. I'd pay 50 bucks throw for in that. Just the Super Nintendo oh. version, not even the enhanced versions. Just the Super yeah, Nintendo just, versions. Fifty bucks. Yeah, the original versions of all the games. That would be that's a no brainer. Fifty dollar price tag for those five games. That's a no brainer right there. And my weekend would be set. Yep. Why are we not working for Nintendo? I mean, we would have so many good ideas. <laughs> I still think at some point we've got to shoot that commercial we talked about where we're like in a fake uh, Nintendo board meeting and we just crap on everything they do. That would be a great commercial for this show. Uh, I know we dump on Nintendo a lot, but that's just because we love them so much. We're Nintendo yes, fanboys. We, we know that they're capable of so much more than yeah. what they're doing. I know. I know it. You know it. Everybody listening, you all know it. Nintendo can do better. They just refuse. And I don't know why. <laughs> but that's going to bring us to the end of this wonderful 200th episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. What would you think of the 200th episode, Derek? I loved it. No, I loved hearing everyone's sound bites. I thought we had some great discussion on Chrono Trigger. We had some great Zelda discussion, some good reflections on the previous 200 shows we've done, and... Hope to do this again for episode 400. Yeah, I forgot to play this at the beginning of the episode. Hold on. I'll play it here. That's for 200 episodes. And uh, we're definitely going to be here for 200 more. So everybody listening, everybody joining us, thank you so much. Uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, I can't wait. I Hopefully COVID is, is cleared up enough that we can have a, a meetup 
uh, at Pensacon because we are going to do uh, probably two panels this year. Um, if it, Derek can work that out, where we're going to do uh, a panel show where we t- talk about kind of a roundtable discussion of a topic, and then we'll do a normal episode in front of a crowd. So we're going to do two separate episodes this year, and we would love, love to see you guys at Pensacon this year. We'll we'll get us a room uh, at um, at well, what's why do I keep forgetting their name? McGuire's. McGuire's, and we'll we'll get a back room and we'll have some drinks and we'll have some giant ass pillow sized burgers and we'll eat, drink, and have some laughs and hang out at Pensacon and just have a good time. I don't know if Steve's going to be happy with the number of panel requests I'm going to send him, but <laughs> we're going to try. May we get Tom Atkins to hang out with us, too, and tell us Halloween 3 stories. Now, I, I told you this the other day. I, I'm planning on doing Pensacon Month again for my show. Mm-hmm. He's like near the top of my list as far as like guests that I want to interview leading up to Pensacon. And if it doesn't work out, then could try and get him actually at the convention yeah that'd be great lucky (laughs) and then we can we can finally settle the debate of why halloween 3 is the best movie of that entire series to me it's no debate yeah same here i know for other people it might be a debate you're preaching at a choir here brother (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah that's gonna bring us to the end of the episode Derek. is there anything you want to throw out there before we leave yeah, I actually want to give a quick shout out to um, Bethany Fox, who one he runs our our Discord, which he's done a phenomenal job with the Discord. And I I know I don't comment in it as much as others do, but I love reading the activity that happens in the Discord, and I I think he does a phenomenal job of of running it. And um, he mentioned a, a game to the two of us called Nebula Within that's available on steam for i think it's only like 10 bucks but it's a cool like old school like arcade shooter type of game um it reminds me a little bit of space invaders mixed with like some stylish 80s arcade type of animation so uh definitely check that out if you have a steam account yeah, what was the I name of it again? Uh, uh, Nebula Within. Nebula Within. Yeah, he sent me the link for it the other day, and I was like, man, I don't have anything to play Windows-based games on. So so I was like, maybe uh, Derek could try it out because you've got a PC, a Windows mm-hmm. computer. All I have are Mac devices. <laughs> I can't play anything on Windows. Yeah, I played it uh, for for a bit before we did the show tonight, and I very much enjoyed it. So if you're looking for a fun shooter type of game to play, check out Nebula Within on Steam. Yeah, and huge. And then, of course, uh, check out the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Uh, new episodes come out every Thursday. I believe also on Sunday, in addition to um, us recording next week's Nerd Cave Retro, we are finally going to do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles roundtable. Fantastic. I can't wait for that. I know. So the crazy thing is, I I meant to text you about this too. Fathom is doing an event at the AMC near my house this weekend, and they're showing the original movie. Dude. And you can bet I'm going to go see it. I might have to make the drive over there for that. (laughs) It's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm. I'm going to have to think about that. If you do, let me know. All right. And I'll meet up with you. I'll think about it. 
yeah, but I do want to give, like, like you said, Bethany Fox, I want to give him a humongous shout-out because uh, he takes care of our Discord. Um, it doesn't get paid a dime to do that, and I know that's a, that's a job. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Daniel. And, I mean, like, you do so much for us, and I can't, I can't thank you enough, man. So everybody go thank him on the, uh, on the Discord. And uh, thank you very much. Thank all you guys for, for being here with us yep. for 200 episodes. Um, I do want to say, if you haven't listened to it, uh, the last episode of the Derek Diamond Experience was the, uh, the Evil Dead Roundtable with me, mm-hmm. Derek, and uh, Steve Wise, who was the director of Survey. That was a great episode. I went back and listened to that again the other day, and that was a fun, really fun episode to do. As a little epilogue to that, I started watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So freaking good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love that show so much. Um, as far as I go, um, definitely check us out here tomorrow night for um, Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash jfunktastic. Uh, we do the Open Micers podcast. We haven't had one in two weeks because of schedule conflicts and then we had the uh the hurricane last week and my co-host didn't have he didn't get his power back till yesterday so he's been almost a week oh my god without power and we had to reschedule our guest um for december but i did put out an episode last week of um pre and post show banter with some of the previous guests so we did have a show last week just didn't have a live show we will have a live show tomorrow night at 7 p.m so be here for that um I forgot who's going to be here. Uh, uh, a music guy from New York. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, be here tomorrow night for that. Definitely check out my channel on Sundays uh, from 4 to 6. I do um, game streaming. And like I said, I'm going to be playing Chrono Trigger for probably the next month. So if you want to watch me play Chrono Trigger and badly play it and and talk to myself um, as I'm doing very badly then come over to my channel and watch me do that. Other than that, um, I want to say um, our good friend uh, Wallace Phelps, uh, <laughs> we, a bunch of us wrote him in for Congress yesterday <laughs> in Mississippi because nobody likes our congressman, but nobody's running against him. We have one of the most horrible congressmen ever, um, but nobody's running against him. So we all, so many people did write in, and it was like 14% of the vote. I'm like, dude. If you got 14% of the vote as a right-end candidate at the last minute, maybe we should run you for Congress next time. So if you if you would like to see at the real big wall run for Congress in uh, 2024, let us know. We might try to get him on the ticket as a, a you know a grassroots party or something. I think that would actually be kind of funny and fun to see if he could get some votes in the next election. The People's Congressman. The People's Congressman. He's a man of the people. His name is Wally Phelps, and his hashtag is Phelps Helps. (laughs) 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 I love it. That's great. But uh, but thank you guys again for for joining us. And um, Derek, thank you for for being on this lovely little journey of a podcast. And thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being here every single week with me. I love doing this show. It's the, it's the highlight of my week to do this show with you every week. So thank you. Thank you for, for being thank you for being a friend. 
<laughs> that should be our new intro. I know. But I no, I, likewise, I, I wouldn't want to do this show with anyone else. You know, I've, I've enjoyed not just doing this show with you, but actually getting to become good friends with you over the last few years. Oh, yeah. So it's it's been it's been great. And I also echo your statements. Uh, thank you to everyone who's in the discord every day. Those who listen every week, it, the show wouldn't be what it is without your support. And it, it's truly a highlight getting to interact with you guys every week. So yeah. thank and you for sticking with us. You're those who have been here since day one. Those who maybe just started this week or even today. And we hope to continue it for 200 episodes and more and uh for all you patreon people i do want to start doing more um uh polls on the patreon about maybe discussion topics like maybe once every month or so we should just have a show instead of doing a review we should just do a discussion topic and have everybody kind of weigh in on it that because it does get kind of daunting trying to play all these games sometimes especially this time of the year during the holidays and all that stuff so maybe we should uh put up some polls and do discussion topics and have everybody vote and then jump in the chat room and throw their two cents in. So I'm thinking that the first poll, if all the options say Sonic the Hedgehog, it wasn't me. (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, But let's go ahead and get out of here. What do you say? Let's do it. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro and also on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where if you keep us above that $50 level every month, we will do the commentary tracks every single month. We have a blast doing those. We know you guys like them and we want to continue doing those so go throw us a buck or two a month if you can't i know times are hard at least go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so derek please tell them what it's all about may the way of the hero be to the triforce yes Never rub another man's rhubarb.